Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. We're delighted that you've joined us. Ministry in Motion is for pastors, for elders and congregational leaders. So welcome. And today's guest is Dr. Albert Rees. Dr. Rees uh, is from Maryland University and he's the Dean of the Medical School. Dr. Rees, thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. One of the challenges that pastors and elders have is that they frequently work late nights, their days are busy, and their meal times are irregular. Often they're eating on the run. Their sleep patterns are not consistent. And, uh, and they're expected to rise early and demonstrate a, a devotional time from, from time to time. This is pretty tough on their health. And we'd like to explore how a pastor, how elders can care for their health in ministry. So welcome, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Now, we talked about the program and we talked about the importance of numbers. What are some of the numbers that you would consider to be important in a person's health? Well, I think it's, if I may, I think it's very important that, that a pastor or a leader is, is, is in charge of his or her numbers, some basic numbers. Right. They don't know their height, okay. very simple. Right. They don't know their weight, right. very simple. They ought to know their blood pressure. Okay. They could use those two numbers, the height and the weight, and create their body mass index, which is, okay. a, very, is a very nice number to assess how well they're, 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 being, they're proportioned, as it were. And that could be a very strong indicator regarding health risks. Okay, so the, the body mass index, let's, let's go straight for this. How, how is that calculated? What, what, how does somebody put that together? Well, it depends on the age of the person. Mm -hmm. You have a young person, very facile with a computer. You can go right in the computer and, and you can just put the numbers in and the computer will do it for you. Right. Now, someone maybe our age, for example, may do it the old time way, and that's calculated by the formula. Mm -hmm. And the formula is as follows. It's your weight in pounds. Right. Multiplied by 703. Is that just a random number? Well, it's a, it's a as we would call it, it's a factor. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a conversion factor. Divided by your height in inches squared. All right. And that would give you a, a number that would be a very good guide regarding whether you are normal weight, overweight, or obese. Okay. Well, it just so happens that I've bought my calculator and um, I'll be a guinea pig. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a go. So for, for body mass index, it's a person's weight in pounds. That's correct. Okay. Uh, my weight, I stood on the scales this morning, 184 pounds. Okay. And we multiply that by 703. That's correct. Okay. And then we divide that by... Your height. Height in inches. inches. Squared. Squared. So I'm 5 foot 11, which is 71 inches. That's correct. Squared. That's 5,041. And that gives 25.659, and it 
truckload of numbers after that. So 25.6, what does that number mean, Dr. Reese? Well, that means that you are generally in the normal range. Oh, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm being very uh, careful there. The normal range is between 18 and 25, but 25 point something, that's, that's okay. So you're being generous with me? I think that you're, you're right on the edge. Okay, right on the edge. Yes. And the, uh, so there's, there's normal, what, what, let's start right at the lowest level. Right. What, what should a person be to be a, a healthy weight? So the, the healthy weight, you, you don't want to be, it's between 18 and 24.9, and 25. Right, so remember okay. that. That's the normal range. So under 18, you, you need underweight. to... Underweight. Okay. That person's underweight. And right. such a person would need to really start increasing their, their caloric intake. Okay. Or maybe reducing their, their exercise, if that's if that, whatever it is. But I think in general, increasing their caloric intake. Right, okay. So 18 to... 25. 25. Yes. You're being kind to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's let's leave that edge alone. 25. All right. right. Is it because I've got big bones? To, to, <laughs> can I use that excuse? Not usually. Not okay. Usually. All right. What are the other excuses that you often hear? Oh, oh we'll hear people. Uh, my 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 family has always had uh, is heavy and is genetic, or or uh, my bones are large, or because of my height, or you know there are a number of excuses. Okay. But essentially that formula attempts to take into consideration those right. factors. Sounds like you're going to love my weight down, you know, <laughs> you're being kind to me. Okay. So around 25, what's, what's the next increment up from that? The next instrument is, increment is 25 to 30. Okay. And that would, be, that would be overweight. Right, okay. You know, 25 plus up to 29. And, and, and it's, it's good not to be very uh, rigid about that, th those borders. So I'd say 25 to 30 will be overweight. 25 plus to 29.99 right. will be overweight. Okay. And beyond that, All right. will be obese. Okay. All right. So beyond 30, it's, it's really quite a significant issue at that stage. Well, it's interesting now, and that is the world has gotten so, so heavy that we now have to divide obese category into two. Ah. Regular obese right. and morbidly obese. Okay, what's, what's the difference? Well, there's a difference, there's a quite a difference. Uh, between 30 and 40, we consider to be obese. Right. Above 40 is someone who's more, morbidly obese. And those are, the, those are those who can have significant health consequences from being morbidly obese. And in fact, those are, 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 are patients who can actually benefit from surgical intervention as opposed to medical intervention. Okay. So th there is a distinction between the, in the obese categories. So what's the difference between medical intervention and surgical intervention? Well, first of all, surgical intervention, let's start with that one. Surgical intervention is when one does a, sometimes refers to a bypass procedure, or essentially try to uh, restrict the size or reduce the size of the stomach. Right. So you, you just simply cannot eat any more than a certain amount. Mm -hmm. It's a surgical procedure to, to reduce the, the, the capacity of, of your stomach. Right. Medical is obviously using any kind of, for, uh, uh, you know, diet, diet approaches, exercise approaches. Uh, some will have um, various types of milkshakes that they could use. So those are the medical approaches, the non-surgical approaches. All right. So, and those milkshakes, 
Are they the ones that are often sold at fast food outlets? Yes, but I, I've always insisted that anyone who's going to do any, any of those weight reducing should, should do so with doctor's uh, okay. involvement. Okay. Because, you know, there, there are a number of things sold over the counter. Right. And so we need to be careful. Sure. And so whatever we're doing with, with, in that area, I think that, one, we should consult our physicians. And, and be sure that what, is, what we're taking is, is appropriate and is, is properly balanced, that we're not basically, on the one hand, injuring ourselves right. while trying to basically be healthy. Okay. Stay where, right where you are, Dr. Okay. Reese, because there's more that we want to explore on this topic. Simple numbers, our height, our weight, body mass index, but there's other important numbers that's important for a pastor's and elders' health as well. We'll be exploring more of those numbers and the significance of those numbers right after this break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion, where we're exploring best practices for your ministry, and today we're actually exploring your health, how we can enjoy better health as pastors and elders. And joining us is Dr. Al Rees. Dr. Rees, just before we, we went to the break, we were looking at the body mass index. And 25 was the magic number. And if somebody's on the wrong side of 25, that is more than 25, what would you suggest that they do? Well, I would suggest they, they take stock of their own, uh, of what they're doing. Okay. And it's, 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 it, we realize that weight management is very challenging. Mm -hmm. But in reality, the components are not very complicated. It's either you're taking in too much or you, you're not expending enough. You're not using up enough of your energy. So one has to take stock and decide, am I exercising enough? Do I have enough activities in my, in my life? What's my work habits like? Am I sedentary too much? Mm -hmm. Am I taking walks? Am I exercising enough? So you've got to ask oneself those questions. Then you may say, how, what, what, what are my eating habits like? First, about how many calories are, am I taking in each day? Suppose you're having three large meals every day, or maybe four meals every day. Okay. Without knowing the amount of calories, I would probably suspect that you're having too much. Okay. So you may need to take stock of your, your own habits mm -hmm. and try to make some adjustments so you can either reduce the caloric intake or increase the activity of the day and that are those are simple ways that one can at least begin to adjust their weight and adjust their BMI. And just a simple question, is there a better time of the day to eat, realizing you've got to maintain, you know, and feed your hunger at various stages through the day, but is there a better time to eat more calories in the day, and is there a better time to exercise in the day? Well, I, I think with, let's start with the calorie, the, the okay. calories first. In general, the larger amount of calories you can take earlier in the day, the better for you. So you can taper your caloric intake as the day progresses. Simply because as the day begins, you're going to be exercising or doing various activities. Mm -hmm. So you'll probably burn off more of it. The worst thing to do is to have your largest meal, meal before you go to bed uh, because you're not going to burn it off. Yes. You're going to store it. Yeah. And in a few months, you'll see the evidence <laughs> of that storage. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, there really is no um, 
set time that is best for exercise. I'd say it all depends on the convenience of the individual. Provided if there's a time that allows you to exercise more, that's the best time. Okay. Some are morning people. That's your best time. Right. Some exercise best at night. That's the best time. Okay. It sounds not so much of when, but just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really. Okay. Now, some other numbers that we explored as well. We touched briefly on blood pressure. What, what are some of the, the, the numbers that we should keep in mind when it comes to our blood pressure? Well, first of all, a normal blood pressure is really 120 over 80 or less. And, I want, and the reason I'm emphasizing that, there was a time where 120 over 80 was considered the normal blood pressure, and people assumed a little bit above and a little bit below was okay. Well, it's now becoming much more um, understood that even mild degrees of elevated blood pressure is not very good for our kidneys. Okay. So 120 over 80 has become the ceiling mm -hmm. for normal, and below that being normal, being, that, that's normal range. Above that, you're in a, in a pre-hypertensive range. Oh. And above 140 over 90, that's the definition of hypertension. T tell us more about hypertension. What, what is hypertension? Well, hyper, if you think of hypertension almost as uh, uh, a pressure in a pipe, mm -hmm. and there, you think of you know, plumbing or, or tubing, and there's pressure in that, in that tube, mm -hmm. and that would be analogous to our blood vessels. If there's pressure in, the, in those vessels, either for, for a variety of reasons, then that would be high, it's described to be blood, Mm -hmm. high blood pressure mm -hmm. and it's, def it's defined by by measuring the measuring either a, a uh, on the, the the wrist or the arm in general and to determine what's the pressure in that in that arm or in that uh, that risk reflecting what your bodily blood pressure is like and everything when anything 140 over 90 is that magic number above that is considered to be hypertension right okay. frank hypertension right so you mentioned earlier that high blood pressure has a negative impact upon our kidneys. It seems as though whenever I go to the doctor, the first thing they want to do is take my blood pressure. Absolutely. How else does it negatively impact our body, having high blood pressure? Well, if we think of it this way, that it's not good to have an, an elevated pressure coursing through your, your blood vessel. And the blood vessels go into very sensitive areas, whether it be the heart or the brain or the kidneys, those are the vital organs. Okay. And if you have a, a, a constant pressure on those vital organs for a prolonged period of time, they will start having a, a complication. The number three cause of death in America, and the world for that matter, is hypertension stroke. Right. So people who have prolonged, untreated, and uncontrolled hypertension will, will be at high risk for having a stroke. So these are serious issues. These are they? very serious issues. Okay. And the same applies to cardiovascular complications. So uh, it really behooves us to know to know that number, and to keep that number under control. Right. Very much like the BMI, to know that number to keep that number under control. So the numbers we've covered so far are height, weight, body mass index, mm -hmm. and our blood pressure. Yes, very much. How, how often would you suggest that a person get their blood pressure checked? Well, you know, I think that if, if possible, I, I would always recommend picking up a blood pressure cuff in, in, the, in the drugstore. 
mm -hmm. and having one at home. Right. So you can do it yourself. Right. And, you know, you could do it. It depends. If you are young and you've had, you have normal blood pressure, you may want to take it uh, monthly or, or so. If you're getting older, you may want to take it once a week. Or if you have high blood pressure, take it once a day. Okay. So it depends upon on your own condition. But it's something you should know and you should do re regularly uh, so that you're fully apprised of your numbers. Right. So those numbers are important, aren't they? Very important. Right. And the point is, you can be in control of those numbers and thus your health. That's important, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. Well, we want to discuss some more numbers with you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. And today's topic, your health, how you can be a healthier pastor and elder. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion, where our topic is the pastor and elders and their health. And our guest today is Dr. Al Rees from Maryland University School of Medicine. Welcome again. Thank you. Dr. Rees. Now we've looked at numbers, we've looked at the importance of our height, weight, and also our blood pressure. But there are some other numbers, and I'm tipping that cholesterol will come in here sometime soon. Absolutely. I think that um, given the fact that, that uh, cholesterol is so very important to our cardiovascular health, that is another number, another set of numbers that we should know as well. Let me just ask this introductory question. What, what, does, what is cholesterol and what does the, the number or numbers actually measure? Cholesterol is that, is, is, a, is that either fatty product that we eat or we, ma we manufacture. Our own bodies make cholesterol in the liver itself. But we obviously take in food, it's the, it's the fatty component of, of certain foods. And, and there, therefore we have what's called total cholesterol, the component parts. And we have some very complicated names called high density lipoproteins, we call HDL. Let's so, leave it to HDL. Uh, yes, I'll, okay. I'll leave it to HDL. Right. And then we have LDL, which is low. So if you, the way to remember it is low, you want to keep it low and high, you want to keep it high. All right. So the, the high is the good stuff? Yes. And the low is the stuff that we want to minimize? That's correct. But the high low. is the good stuff when it's kept high. Okay. It's not good if it's kept low. Right, okay. So the high needs to, be, needs to remain high, and the low needs to rem remain low. Okay. Lead us into the numbers. What, what numbers should we be knowing about and understanding with our cholesterol? Well, let me start with by saying that many, many individuals, when they say, what's your cholesterol, will often refer to the total cholesterol. And that number should be less than 200. Okay. The American Cancer Society, uh, or American Heart Association, I should say, recommends less than 200. But the more you can have it reduced, right. the better. So don't aim for 198, you know, aim for 160. Okay. So that's the total cholesterol number. So keep it well under 200. Keep it well under 200. That's the better way, well under 200. Right, okay. Now for the HDL, right. what, what number should we be shooting for there? You want to shoot well above 60. Well above 60. Right, keep it high. Okay. Keep it high. Okay. So remember, H for high, 
keep it H for high, you want to keep it high. Okay, and the one that we want to keep low is the LDL. And you want to keep that below 100. Right. Well below 100. Okay. So HDL, at least 60. Right. And LD, LDH? LDL. LDL, we want to keep that well under 100. Right. But here's the important point that I want to point out, and that is what happens is that this fatty stuff that we either eat or we manufacture, the reason why it's so important that we do this, and I think it's helpful if people understand why, mm -hmm. they form plaques, and they actually get, they sit in the walls of the blood vessels and create, reduce the size of those blood vessels. That sounds frightening. And that's the LDL that does that. Ah. The HDL forms to dislodge or prevent those plaques from forming. So they work to counterbalance each they other? They work to counterbalance each other, precisely. Okay. So the more of the HDL you have is the more it actually can prevent the laying down of these plaques, these HDL plaques. I'm sorry, LDL plaques. LDL form plaques, HDL prevents plaques or okay. dissipates the plaques. Now, what, what are the dangers? What's, what's associated with, with high cholesterol levels, Dr. Rees? Well, if you think of it, again, as a professor, I like to, to, to teach it. If you think of, if you have a blood vessel that is this size in diameter. Yes. And you have LDL plaques that keeps layering. Before you know it, the, the blood vessel will be that small. Now, blood will be going through those vessels to vital organs, the brain, mm -hmm. the heart, the kidneys. So you'll have less blood going to those organs. The organs will be, will be under-perfused. And in time, you'll start, uh, as, a, as an ultimate consequence of this constant reduction, people start having consequences, such as heart attack wow. or heart pain. It begins as a heart pain called angina. And then eventually a heart attack from total blockage or significant reduction. And that is what we want to avoid. This is serious as well, isn't it? It is very serious. Yeah. Now, there's another number that's important as well, and that's our sugar levels. Yes. Tell us what, what the good numbers are there. Well, first of all, uh, our sugar numbers vary depending on when we just ate. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the, the fasting, when, when you wake up in the morning. You're fasting blood sugar because you've been fasting all night. You've not eaten anything mostly after, before midnight, um, after midnight, rather. So the fasting should be less than 100. Mm -hmm. That's 100 is really the upper limit from someone's fasting. Someone who is just a random, just a random sugar, it should be less than 126. Now, if you've just eaten, now obviously it's going to be, be elevated. Right. So you don't want to use those. So you really want to use a random number, not having just eaten, or a fasting number. Knowing these numbers, is all and good, right? But the important thing is, is how do we get those numbers to be the right numbers? What what would you suggest to a pastor or an elder that to do to improve those numbers? Well, I think let's let's just take the, di the those those diabetes related numbers for example. If someone has a random and, I, and the random should be is less if it's less than two hundred random, that's normal. But if you have a random and that random is let's say uh, two fifty. Mm -hmm then that person has diabetes by definition. If someone has a fasting and it's more than 126, that person has diabetes by definition. Mm -hmm. So you, you first have to make sure the number is what it, what it says. It says that you're normal or it says that you're pre-diabetic, which means not quite, 
or let's say that you're frankly diabetic. If you're in the pre or the frank, you need to be treated. And a simple way, and I, I'm trying to make it very simple way, is to try to lose some weight. Okay. Uh, diabetes, particularly type 2 diabetes, and more adult type diabetes, is very much linked to the weight, mm -hmm. excess weight, either ex increased obesity, increased overweight, or increased in obesity status. And just by losing 5% of your body weight, you could have a tremendous impact. Right. Okay. Well, those numbers are important, aren't they? Extraordinarily important. Yeah. Numbers that really determine, a, determine longevity, body performance, and even performance in ministry to, to many respects, because perhaps our health may hamstring our performance in ministry, unfortunately. Well, you know, and the, the thing about it is that, again, I've always stressed the fact that one can be in control mm -hmm. for the most part. And as a, even though I'm a physician, you sometimes can do this even without a physician involvement. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us for today's program where we've examined your health. Join us next time for Ministry in Motion.